Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your wonderful presence here this morning. I thank you that you're here by your spirit. You're touching us and filling us to overflowing with all that you have and all that you are. And uh, Lord, I just ask you to speak to your people through this message this morning. I thank you that people will be encouraged, they'll be uplifted, they'll be strengthened, they'll be amazed, and they'll be blessed. And I, Father, ask you to continue to speak long after this message is over into the lives and the hearts of your people. Bring it back to our remembrance, all that you're saying to us today, all that you want to speak into our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome to Pentecost Sunday. It's so good to be celebrating Pentecost Sunday with you. I'm going to launch straight into the message this morning. Uh, Some of you may have uh, received some rose petals as you arrived at church today. Um, It's for a specific purpose that I'd ask for these to be uh, given out and uh, made available to you this morning. I want to thank Cheryl as well for making these available and um, harvesting them from her garden. So thank you very much. Uh, So these uh, rose petals are actually what churches in Italy uh, uh, shared abroad or they let fly from uh, the ceiling of their churches to uh, come down upon the people within um, the churches actually uh, inside there because it's a symbol of tongues of fire that fell on the day of Pentecost. They wanted to, to remind the people about uh, what uh, the whole day of Pentecost looked, looked like. In France, it's customary to blow trumpets during the divine service to recall the sound of the mighty wind which accompanied the tongues of fire. And I think it's a really incredible uh, thing that we could learn from these amazing places about the symbolism of what happened uh, over 2,000 years ago and that we can participate in and enjoy today. So uh, what really is Pentecost all about? I want to suggest to us this morning that Pentecost is about three things. It's just three things. The first thing, Pentecost is an event. Holo, uh, sorry, uh, Pentecost is historically related to the Jewish festival of Shavuot, Shavuot whatever it is, uh, which celebrates God. Uh, Joe would know how to say that. Let's have a... Shavuot. Shavuot. There we go. See, we've all learned that so we can go home today and think, I've learned how to say a word. Okay? <laughs> it's so good. So Shavuot, which celebrates God giving the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, 50 days after the Exodus. It's 50 days after the Israelites were released out of captivity in Egypt. In church history for Christians, Pentecost commemorates the Holy Spirit resting on the apostles and the followers of Jesus like tongues of fire and is often referred to as the birth of the church. And it's also the name where we get uh, the name of our uh, what sort of a church that we are. We are a Pentecostal church. In other words, we are a church that is uh, based around the outpouring and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Pentecost is an event in history. It's also an event uh, for the church. But Pentecostal is also this. It's number two. Pentecost is an experience. It's not just an event. It's also an experience. And what an incredible day it would have been 
uh, in that first Pentecostal celebration. Jesus has been crucified, he's been buried, he's been raised from the dead, and then he's ascended to heaven and, and gone to be in glory with God the Father. And because he did that, the Holy Spirit was released to the earth to fill believers. And just imagine yourself maybe in the city at this time, and, and this happens. And let, like, Just close your eyes for a moment as I read these, these passages of Scripture, and just imagine yourself in the city of Jerusalem at this time. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, you hear the sound that sounds like a, the violent blowing wind that comes from heaven. And, and all of a sudden, uh, there's people in a house there uh, that were sitting there. And they saw, these people in this house, they saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of those people in that room. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them to do so. You experienced this morning someone singing in tongues as they gave what we think is, uh, what we believe is, a, uh, uh, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit where the gift of speaking in tongues is given. And there was an interpretation of that. And the Bible clearly says that if someone gives a, a word in tongues that there should be interpretation so that everyone can understand what's going on. That's what happened this morning. There was an interpret uh, singing in tongues and there was interpretation. And I'm so glad that we can do that and, and give expression for that in the church. So uh, when we think about this passage that I've just read, uh, read to you, I want us to think about what three specific people groups experienced at Pentecost. The first group I want to talk about is the 120 believers that were in the upper room. There were 120 believers who experienced the fulfillment of what Jesus had said when in Acts chapter 1 verse 5 it says, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there's this personal experience that 120 believers had uh, experienced personally in the upper room when they were filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it was for those believers to see, to hear, to feel the touch of heaven as the Holy Spirit fell on them on that day like tongues of fire. The second group of people that I want to draw your attention to that experienced something is the crowd in the city. I mean, have a listen to what uh, they experienced in the city at that time. It's Acts chapter 2 and verses 5 to 13. And it says this, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Med Medes, you know, meat, 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 meat eaters. Uh, uh, and Elamites and uh, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia. There's a lot of pastor here, isn't there? Uh, Pontus, uh, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, uh, might be a cold place. Um, Pamphylia, could be a lot to do with papers, you know. So. Uh, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to, 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 to Judaism. You want to say this fast, man. 
Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. What an incredible story that we hear here that this crowd in Jerusalem experienced at that time. The people in the crowd experienced a number of things. Number one, the crowd experienced confusion. In Acts chapter 2, verse 6 that I just read, it says, When this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. Now, as you start to understand something here, the crowd had a, a, a people from 15 different regions, provinces, and nations, and they were confused not because they couldn't understand what the believers in the upper room were saying, but because they could understand what was being said. Can I ask some help from people in the audience today? What I want is maybe two or three people, if we've got that many in this room, uh, if you speak a different language other than English in your home or you know how to speak a second language today. Is there anybody here this morning? Okay, Fran, I saw your hand. Is there anyone else? John and Takini. Okay, you three all up. Here's one I prepared earlier. No, no, no fear. That's it. Come on, give me a hand. That's it. Up on the stage so everyone can see you. Beautiful. So you have a tongue of fire on your head. Oh, wow. That's a, a rose. Wow. Rose petal. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. If you had hair, you would. Yeah. <laughs> what I want you to say, Fran, is what's, what's your, uh, the other language that you speak? Spanish. Spanish. So if I could get you to say in Spanish something like, uh, I love praising God or Jesus loves you or something like that. Yo amo Jesucristo porque es mi salvador. Did you get that? Okay. Okay, John, what language do you speak? French. French? Okay, in French. J'aime louer le Seigneur. I love French. I'd say it's a great language. Takini, what do you speak? Uh, Fijian and Hindi. Okay, go for it. In Fijian? Or in, any one you like, okay. mate. So what was the, word, the sentence again? Could you say? Okay, any, any, I love you, Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit, fill you, whatever. Okay. okay. See, he, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Can we give our, our, our guests a great hand today? So thanks, guys. That's, that's all I need from me. Here's the thing. <clears throat> right now... We are confused because we didn't understand really what they said because they spoke in a different language. See, on the day of Pentecost, it was those who spoke the different language that were confused, not because they couldn't understand the message, but because they could understand the message. It was that the multitude were speaking their language. So whatever language that they came from was their native tongue, was the language that they heard the crowd saying. Do you get what I'm saying? It's an incredibly uh, eye-opening. I can see my sound tech man going, waving at the back saying, get that microphone out of your face. Okay, if this was 
that day in the New Testament, if this was Pentecost Sunday, those at the front here would be the confused ones because they'd hear us speaking in their language, a language that we don't know. The confusion on this Pentecost day wasn't that the people were saying God loves you or whatever in their native language. It was that they were saying it in their native language to us. They were confused because they could understand what was being said on the day of Pentecost over 2,000 years ago. And, it, and they, I shouldn't be able to understand what they're saying. But I can because they're speaking in my language and these people have never learned this language. Do you understand? So there was confusion on the day of Pentecost. Secondly, the crowd experienced marvel. In Acts chapter 2, verse 7, it says, when they were, uh, they were, Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, aren't these all who speak Galileans? So they marveled. There was the Hulk, Spider-Man, Iron Man. There was a Black Panther. Oops, sorry, wrong marvel. Um, the, cra- the crowd, come on. The crowd marveled at who they saw speaking their language. People that they'd never have thought would ever be able to speak like them. And isn't that our hope as well, that people would receive Jesus as their Lord? People we'd never think would accept Jesus, accept Jesus. Isn't that what we, we want that same marvel to happen in our lives. You know some people, you know the, the ones I'm talking about. You know the ones that's, that's always giving you such a, an incredibly hard time about your faith. They might be at your work, they might be in your lounge room, they might be living next door to you and they are stirring you up, they are saying things about you and you, you, you think that they're impossible to get, that they're the one person that the Holy Spirit can't reach. That's what's going to cause us to marvel because the very people that we have written off, God never writes off. We're going to be marveled. Thirdly, the crowd experienced amazement. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 12, they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? It was a sign and a wonder. It was a sign of God's presence that caused people to wonder. It was such an amazing sign that people were amazed and perplexed at the same time. I have experienced this. I have been amazed and perplexed as a police officer. It was my incredible fortune to pull over a Ford Falcon motor car. I don't know why I pulled it over. I can't remember to this day. But what I do know is that it left me amazed and perplexed. I looked in through the driver's side window, which was open, and there was a Holden key in a Ford Falcon ignition. And I said to the driver, Why is there a Holden car key in the ignition of your Ford motor car? His answer amazed me. And he said, I stole the car. (laughs) Then I was perplexed because, uh, he says, because I'm just being honest with you. Like, I'm talking to a dishonest, honest thief. I was amazed and I was perplexed in the same instance. And there's times that the Holy Spirit likes to give people a sign that makes them wonder. How many here today would like a sign from God, a sign from the Holy Spirit that just makes you wonder? 
I, I want that. I, I want that. I want that. I want that for you. I, I want that for people that haven't, you're too frightened to put your hands up because that would be a sign to God and he'd be like falling out under the power of you. Um, okay. <laughs> the crowd experienced mocking. Not smocking, but mocking. Acts chapter 2, verse 13. Others mocked, saying, they're full of new wine. Such was the physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit that some in the city thought that those who'd been filled with the Holy Spirit were drunk. They had the same symptoms. They had the same outward manifestation of a drunk person. Can I say that if they mocked Jesus, then they'll mock the Holy Spirit. And if they will mock the Lord and the Spirit, then they will mock us. See, early in the Old Testament, God confused the language of the people at the Tower of Babel because they wanted to be like a God. Okay? In the New Testament, at the beginning of the New Testament, God clarified and unified the language of believers through the Holy Spirit because they wanted to praise God. There's a huge difference. God wanted to, to bring us together under his language. There's always going to be people who will be confused. They will marvel. They'll be amazed. They may even mock us. But I rejoice and celebrate this morning because there's always going to be people who will believe. And that's the third people group. I want to talk about what they experienced on the day of Pentecost. So the third group of about 3,000 believers experienced salvation. So, so what the first thing is that 3,000 people heard Peter's preaching. They didn't just listen. They actually heard what the Spirit of God was saying to them through Peter as he's preaching that morning to them, that afternoon, whichever it was. In Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 18, it says this. But Peter, standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them. So he's speaking to the crowd at this moment. He's, he, the people are listening to what Peter has to say. And Peter says, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these aren't drunk as you suppose, for it's only the third hour of the day. But this is that. Everyone say, this is that. This is that. This is that. What's that? It says, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days. Are we in the last days? Yes. We need more of this or that. Yes. It says, this is the last days. It says God, that, uh, that I'll pour out my spirit on your all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall see dreams. And on the, the, uh, my men servants and on my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. And on goes Peter. I love what he says here. He says, this is that. It's what the prophet Joel prophesied. This is that. It's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is that. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is that. It's the believers being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is that. It's the release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is that. It's the power to be a witness of Jesus. Lord, give us more of this is that. We need that to, to be a... a, a, a a demonstration of something that people can experience for themselves. They can experience this is that. Secondly, Peter's message touched their hearts. In Acts chapter 2, verses 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, 
What shall we do? What do we do as a result of hearing what you've just said to us? In other words, they had received and believed the word about Jesus. In verse 41, it says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. This is an outright revival. 3,000 souls being saved in one meeting. Oh, yeah. Wow. Really? I don't know the last time. Is this so commonplace for you that you thought, oh, gee, that's, you know, old hat. I saw that last week. I saw a video of it. It was on YouTube. 3,000 people got saved, saints. I'll preach to this lot. 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people got saved. Thirdly, those who received God's word were born again. Not everyone received what Peter said, but those who did. Those who believed in their hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior did receive what Peter preached, the Word of God. He preached the Word of God. He preached about Jesus. They were born again by the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. They had new life and eternal life. And it can be yours if you believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. See, not only is Pentecost an event, not only is it an experience, but Pentecost is an example to us as well. When Jesus lived in Israel 2,000 years ago, it's estimated that there were upwards of 100,000 Israeli Jews who believed in him. It was just an incredible revival in in those days. And today, there's only about 41,000 Israeli Jews who believe in Jesus out of 9.2 million people who live in the Holy Land. It's one of the reasons we're partnering together with Bridges for Peace. In the Adelaide Hills, we need to see revival sweep across our land. This is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. We need to believe that there is a revival that God wants to pour out His, His Spirit on all flesh. I haven't seen His Spirit poured out on all flesh yet. So it tells me it's still yet to come. We need to pray it in. That's why I'm saying get your name on that prayer calendar out in the foyer. Write your name down. Own that day. Maybe fast a meal on that day. But let's pray. God, would you break open by the power of your Holy Spirit in this church and in this community. No matter where you are, whatever community you represent, believe for revival to hit your community. Amen? See, Pentecost is an example of a number of things. Number one, it's it's an example of Christian community. Pentecost gives us an example of what community can look like. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. I love it that you guys are all out here today. You have devoted yourselves to coming out to church, to sitting under the Word of God, to praising, to, to glorifying God on a Sunday morning. But we also need to do that on Monday morning. We need to do that on Tuesday and so on. We need to devote ourselves. And it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I said to the guys at our guys' uh, men's connect group on, on Wednesday night, 
That the guys, if they want to leave a legacy in their family, if they want to leave a legacy with their children, with their wife, in their workplaces, in their sporting clubs, whatever, then every day you've got to be in the Word of God. And I said to them, I said, and I felt like I was heaping stuff on them. I said, I, I know that sounds very legalistic to say that you need to be in the Word of God every day. But I thank God that Paul Roanfelt was there because then he pipes up and he says, you know what? It's not religious if you have a meal every day. We have like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We don't think that's religious. That's a great comment to say. Well, I felt instantly released. I said, yeah, you do. You need to be in the Word of God every single day. We do. We need to be in the Word of God every day. We were created to live in connection with God and with others, to live in community, doing things that strengthen and promotes community. That's why things like gossip, unforgiveness, stealing, etc. is something we need to avoid because it weakens and it damages community. Just saying. Pentecost is about promoting and creating community. Secondly, Pentecost is about an example of, of Christian character. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 43, everyone was filled with awe and many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. There was a reverential awe for the Holy Spirit and for their leaders. The fruit of being filled with the Holy Spirit is clearly articulated in Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23. It says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Being led by the Holy Spirit and surrendering our lives to Him opens up our lives to the fruit of His presence in us. But here's the thing. You cannot have fruit without first there being a seed planted that comes to grow in our lives. And the seed that we need that brings about the fruit of the Holy Spirit is that we need the Word of God being planted in our lives. And giving that chance to grow, to germinate, to develop and to to spring up out of the the, the soil of our hearts, the good soil that God has created within us. There's a process that we go through as we surrender our lives to the Holy Spirit. Believers' lives are characterized by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, Pentecost is an example of Christian conduct. It says in verses 44 to 45 of Acts chapter 2, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had a need. Love can be defined like this. Love is doing things to benefit others at the expense of ourselves. Lust is the opposite. Lust can be defined as doing things to benefit ourselves at the expense of of others. Okay? Believers do things like Jesus did at the expense of himself and of ourselves. We do things because we love people and we want to see the love of God shed abroad in their hearts. We model a life of selflessness, of grace, of, of generosity. Third, fourthly, as I wind this up and maybe the team can come back, is that Pentecost is an example of Christian communication. Acts chapter 2 verse 47 says they praised God. They praised God and had favor with all the people. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. There is a language for the people of God. It's the language of love. It's a language that expresses itself through worship. 
It's a language that expresses itself through welcoming. It's a language that expresses itself through works of service. It's a language that expresses itself through walking as a disciple. And it's a language that expresses itself through being a witness to the people around about us. And this is what Pentecost Sunday is all about. It's a sign and a wonder at the presence and the power of God. See, Pentecost is an event to be remembered. Pentecost is an experience or an encounter of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And Pentecost is an example of a life transformed by the Holy Spirit. It's about daily living with God and allowing Him and His Word to live and flow through every one of us. Pentecost reminds us of how much we need the Holy Spirit to fill us, to guide us, and to empower us to know Jesus and God the Father more, but also to love the people that we do life with. Amen. Can we stand? I hope that at least this congregation got something out of it. I know that one did out there. I hope that you did too this morning. I pray that the, this message, it lives long in your heart and your spirit. I, I pray that there's things that you rediscover, maybe things that you'd forgotten about Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. It's such an incredible moment in history that lives on and that history is still being made today through your life and through my life. And I pray that this city of, of Mount Barker, the, the city of Nairn, the city of Strathalbyn, the cities that are around about us, they too hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And they see people coming out of church, not dour and downhearted, not wishing that they'd never gone, but they see them coming out in a newness of life with the glory of God shining on them and through them. That they see people who are excited about their faith and are unashamed in sharing their faith. I pray that our community sees a people that are fired up because we've been touched by the very fire of heaven itself. That's what I pray for us as a church. That's what I pray for uh, us as, as a group of people as we come together and just love on Jesus. Amen. 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 I just want to ask everybody just maybe to bow your heads in prayer right now. <clears throat> I don't know everybody here. But I want to give everyone an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you have never done what the crowd did in that you have listened to and you've actually heard the Spirit of God speaking to you. You've heard God speak to you maybe through this message today. And you've never really believed it in your heart. But this morning there's something in you that says, I believe this actually. I, I think this is right. What this old codge up front's talking about is, is right. It, it rings true in my heart of hearts. There's something about what he's saying that I need. Maybe you've never said, Jesus, I'm sorry for the way I lived. I want to live your way. I want to live for you. 
you've never prayed and said, God, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never prayed that. But this morning, you feel like you've just got to do something. Something's got to change. And I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to do something very brave. I'm going to ask you that if you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never done it before, but today you want to, I want you to put your hand up so that I can see who I'm praying for this morning. Is there anybody here this morning you just want to just want to stop mucking about and you just want to give your heart to God? Is there anybody here this morning? Put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see. Is there anybody here today? I pray this morning for something else, and that's that you would experience Pentecost every single day. Not just once a year on this particular day, but every day. Is anybody here this morning, you're a born-again believer, you have the Holy Spirit living within you, 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 you love God, Is there anybody here that wants to live Pentecost every single day? I'm going to ask you to put your hand up right now. I put my hand up. I want this. I need this. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, you see who we are. And I pray that this moment as we go forward, that you would pour out your Spirit upon every single person, that there would be fresh tongues of fire rest upon the heads of your people, that you fire them up by the power of your Holy Spirit to live for you, to speak for you, and to do things because you prompt us to do those things. We surrender ourselves to your Lordship right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray that if you've never received the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you receive the gift of of tongues right now in the name of Jesus. Just speak in tongues out loud so that maybe there's someone who's next to you who doesn't know how to speak in tongues. They've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they hear you and they have the ability to, to have faith to believe that the Spirit of God can come upon them now in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, come, move upon our midst today in the name of Jesus. Come, pour out your Spirit, Lord. Pour out your Spirit. Let a fresh wind blow through this place in the name of Jesus. A fresh wind, Lord. Fresh wind of your Spirit.